0: Hey, man, you may be seated. Well, Pastor Rick called me a, a few weeks ago and uh, when we was working out the details of Captain Rex coming, and he said how, you know, he was going to do all the things, and he said, on Wednesday night, I want you, Brandon Rex, to preach. I'm like, me? Everybody wants Captain Rex, you know? I mean, we did 221 services last year. Of those 221, me, me, me. Preaching was less than ten. I can count it on two hands, and the rest was Captain Rex. And so, um, so wow. And I just want to say thank you to the Heritage of Faith family. You, you guys are amazing. You are amazing, and all the staff. You know, you was talking about um, our crew here and how they've started to take on the habits and reflect the integrity and stuff of us. Well, these guys they reflect you, and they are fantastic. I mean this guy right here, I just, I want to thank you, you, thank okay, you, nice. every time I come in, and uh, I mean, and, and Tess, and, man, and Sam, and you know, Pastor Rick's okay, but uh, <laughs> where's he at, he's bigger than me, <laughs> huh, oh, he's outside, okay, so hey, <laughs> no, and, and Pastor Justin, just thank you so much, amen, well, um, well, let's just go ahead and get into your Word. If they have a Bible, hold your Bible up and say, This is my Bible, God's Word to me. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Amen, amen. Well, I want to start off with a scripture that you probably have heard pretty recently. If you were here at all for Captain Rex, that's Philippians 4.19. And uh, if you're following me, we'll be in the New Living Translation. And uh, Philippians 4 19 says, My God, someone say, My God, my God, my God shall, someone say, shall. shall, supply all, someone say, all. all, your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just come to you now. I thank you for your word. I believe, like we learned last night, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and that, Father, your word is here for us today, that whatever we are going through, your word answers it and helps fix that. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you open up minds, hearts, eyes, ears, spirits, receive all that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So if you're here Sunday morning, you learn that uh, God's going to meet all your needs. Dinner's at 6. Right. And um, so I'm just going to do a kind of quick recap, because when Pastor Rick called and said, what are you going to preach on? I was like, oh, I have the perfect message. Dinner's at six. And then I ended up making those into adventures because I wanted to write all new adventures for here. And so y'all got all new adventures and I ended up preaching all that message as Captain Rex. So (laughs) I was like, I'm going to expand on that. So a quick recap from Sunday, Sunday night and Monday is God shall supply all your needs. Dinner's at 6. You don't worry about it. And in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That's when then he starts going, talking about how, and don't worry, Um, I tell you not to worry about your everyday life, about your clothing, your food. So why worry about these things? Seek ye first, verse 33, the kingdom of God, then all these things shall be added unto you. And I made a bold, bold statement that if you are worrying, money is your god, and not God, because yeah. you can't serve two masters. If you're worrying about money, money's your god, and money will not meet all your needs. But my God will supply all your needs, and so we can't worry. Why worry when God's got your needs met? And then I wanted to look at though I, I, I travel the world and I see so many Christians that their needs aren't getting met. If God's got their needs, he's going to supply their needs. Why aren't their needs getting met? That brought us to the uh, parable of the sower with the hard ground. People don't understand it. They don't realize, wait, my needs are already met. My needs are met. And then it brought us to the uh, rocky uh, soil and where we don't have deep roots when problems and persecutions arise. You just, you give up. And then, of course, we learned about the thorns and how thorns uh, being worry chokes out your harvest. Worry is huge. Worry chokes out your harvest. And that's why he says in uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares, all your worries and anxieties on him, for he cares for you. So you got to give him all your worries and anxieties. And I said that people don't drown because they don't know how to swim. They drown because they panicked. You don't drown because you don't know how to swim. I was a lifeguard for many years. They drown because they panicked. And so dinner's at six. All you have to do is show up. Of course, a lot of people, they don't even realize dinner's at six. (laughs) They're out still playing in the yard. No, dinner's at six. All you got to do is show up. Or they show up early and uh, they're hungry. No, dinner's at six. And it's all on God's timing. Now, She said something, Cassie said something while being led there, how God got so much more, and he does. He wants to give you that appetizer at four, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight, how to get that appetizer at four. Once you get your needs met, now let's start getting to some of those wants, amen? Now, also, um, a lot of times you arrive at six, and you you don't want what's being fed. You want dessert. I don't want that. I want the dessert. No. Eat the dinner. Dessert comes after. A lot of times our our needs are met, but because of greed, no, I need more money for that. And you heard the the story about the sale of my downtown buildings where my whole life was completely shaped by one decision on one day. I went fishing. I went fishing. I didn't worry about it when it seemed like the pressures of everything was going to crash down on me. I said, no, dad, let's go fishing. He said, what are you going to do? I'm going to go fishing got my mind off of it. Um, I gave it to God. said, God, you got this. And the very next day, I sold my buildings for cash. The very next day. I mean, in minds, in natural mind, impossible. With God, all things are possible. So um, we went through all of that. And then we looked at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. And it says that, remember this, a farmer... Who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. And that's when we was talking with Maestro. Um, We've never pressured them about uh, giving things, but God laid on his heart to sow his five string bass because he's believing for a seven string guitar. And that was God that talked to to him. And so it says that God loves a cheerful giver and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have. Here's the part I love. Here's where it comes. You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Plenty left over to share with others. And then we see in verse 10, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then the bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. See, he gives us the seed, and then he gives us the bread. I know this is everything you know, but I'm just recapping from the Captain Rex. Now let's bring this up to date. Those of you that weren't here, you're kind of up to date. You missed some really great stories. So next year, you don't want to miss all of Captain Rex. It's not just for kids. (laughs) Because, um, man, stories speak to me. They do. And, um, but God wants to give us our wants. He wants to give us our wants. And remember I said, your needs will be met when your needs need to be met. Don't worry about it. Let's get away from worrying. Your needs are going to be met when they need to be met. You'll be healed when you need to be healed. Well, in fact, you're already healed. But the manifestation will come when it needs to come. Don't worry about it. God's got this. My ankle, remember? That's like, you know, you need to go to the doctor. I said, give me four days. My physician said my ankle will be healed in four days. And it was. Yeah. Right? I mean, as I'm walking up to the ship to start performing, God miraculously healed my ankle. It was met when it needed to be met. Yeah. And in Psalms thirty seven, verse four, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire commit everything you do to the Lord trust in him and he will help you he will make your innocence radiant like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently ooh i'm going to say that one again we don't like that one do we wait mm, patiently for him to act don't don't try to do it yourself You know, the story about the rig and how I was going to try to help God out and get a Prevo, but I would have found myself in a $90,000 debt. I just needed to wait patiently, and I got something better than that Prevo for free. $90,000 debt, no debt free. $90,000 debt, no debt. And, And the Prevo that I was wanting only had nine bucks. I got a rig that had 18 bunks. He did double what I was even believing for. Wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret above their wicked schemes. You know, I I always, I was always teaching at dinners at six, dinners at six, you know, you just need to Hang on. Dinner's at six. Even my kids, you know, I'm like, ah, they're like, Dad, dinner's at six. I'm like, yeah, it's just something that helps trigger in my head. Dinner's at six. When my parents told me dinner's at six, I never worried about it. I just showed up. Well, we were in Brazil uh, last week. (laughs) We were in Brazil last week, and I'm a pretty regular scheduled eating guy. And come six o'clock, and I was hungry because, I mean, the hot sun and everything else, I'm ready for dinner. Guess what? Dinner wasn't at 6 in Brazil. Dinner's at 9. Yeah. Revelation's going off in some of your heads right now. I say dinner's at 6. You think dinner's at 6, but maybe dinner's at 9. Right? On your needs getting met. Dinner's at 9. Now, did it kill me to have to wait 3 hours till I got to dinner? No. But I knew... That God wants to supply my wants, too. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The next day, they had lunch at noon. Dinner was at 9, but they had a 4 o'clock snack. (laughs) They have a 4 o'clock snack in Brazil. And it's not just a little snack. It's a full-course meal. So I'm thinking I'm going to go to Brazil and uh, lose some weight. You know, I'm going to be fit in 40. And I gained weight in Brazil because they just kept feeding us and kept feeding us. Snacks of four. God wants to give you your wants. He wants to give you your wants. He's going to supply your needs. That's no question about it. But he wants to give you your wants. Does God give you the desires of your heart? Yes, and even more. You know, now here's the thing. It may be different plans or desires that you ever thought you wanted. Because I thought maybe I just want a little snack. Man, they made grilled cheese sandwiches, croissant things with all this. And it was good. He has extraordinary plans when you simply put Him first in your life. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God wants to give us our wants. Our needs are met. We've already got over that one, right? Everybody knows. Not at me. You, your needs are met. Right. Needs are met. You don't even have to believe for that. Your needs are met. But with we, lot of us, we hope, we hope, and hope's a great thing. There's a passage of scripture. I wasn't going to read this all, but uh, I want to read it all. Second Corinthians uh, chapter three. And I'm going to start in verse six. Second Corinthians three verse six. And it says, he is the one who has enabled us to represent his new covenant. This is a covenant, not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old way ends in death in the new way. The Holy Spirit gives life. The old system of law, etched in stone, led to death. Yet it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. His face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect, someone say expect, expect. far greater glory when the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old covenant, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new covenant, which makes us right with God? In fact, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new covenant. So if the old covenant, which has been set aside, was full of glory, then the new covenant, which remains forever, has far greater glory. Since this new covenant gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We're not like Moses. We're not like Moses who had to put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not, see the, would not see the glory fading away. But the people's minds were hardened, and even to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, a veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil cannot be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes. Even, well, that's good. This veil cannot be removed only by believing in Christ. This veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. I knew I was reading that wrong. (laughs) Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, then the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord, he gives freedom. And all of us have that veil removed so that we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of God. And as the spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him, reflect his glory even more. He wants us the glory to shine so others can see. He wants us blessed. Others can see. You see... I like what it says, though, in verse 8. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory? But what happens? We just hope for it. And there's a difference. You see, we have the faith, but not the actions. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1. Right, I know y'all know this one. Putting you on the spot. Faith is... Substance. Substance. The, substance. the substance of things hoped hope for, the evidence of things not seen. So so I'm sorry I put you on the spot. So faith is hoping hoping in what you can't see. Hope, where does it come from? Romans fifteen, thirteen. Hope comes from the Holy Spirit. So faith has to come from the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, we're hoping for things that we didn't get from the Holy Spirit. Oh. So now, is that faith? No, that's wishful thinking. That's good, oh, that's good. Really good. Right? I mean, it, if it doesn't come from the Holy Spirit, that's why he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all these things. What happens is then, you get in line with Him, and your wants become His wants. Yeah. Your wants become his wants, and then he's going to supply them. So a lot of times our faith isn't working because it's not faith. It's wishful thinking. Right. Right. Hope comes from the Holy Spirit. But faith without corresponding actions is dead. Yeah. is null and void. Here's what it's like. I used to be a big hunter. Before I became Captain Rex, I was a redneck, believe it or not. (laughs) Whoopie, ki belt buckle, boots, and a cowboy hat. And throw the deer in the back of the pickup truck, you know. I I grew up on a ranch. I lived on a ranch in South Texas. And um, I was a cowboy. And I loved hunting. Hunting was a passion of mine. And we had a deer lease about... 30 minutes away from um, our house. And on Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Pastor Justin, I would get up, go to that deer lease, hoping that a big deer would come out. And then if one came out and I shot it, I don't even know what I'd do. You know, throw in the back of the truck, go to church. There's no way I'm missing church. (laughs) My dad was the pastor. And it's not that I'm scared of my dad, it's my mom. (laughs) Mama's like, you ain't missing church for no deer. (laughs) But I just hoped. But was I really expecting to get a deer? I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't even have a plan in place if I did shoot a deer. I was just hoping that I would get one. Did I ever get one? No. I got a revelation of this. A few years back, this is, man, way more than a few years back, I had the opportunity to go to hunting with a great group of guys. It was my brother, George Galdine, um Scott Tripp, and uh, David Hawker. That was a, man, that was, a great, that was a great hunting trip. And my brother, he said, yeah, go hunting with us. We're going to get some deer. You know what I did? I'm going to get some deer. I loaded the back of my truck up with coolers. Before I got there, I stopped at the convenience store. I filled those coolers up with ice. I wasn't hoping to get a deer. I was expecting it. There's a difference between hoping and expecting. Hoping is great. That's where it has to start from. It comes from the Holy Spirit. But we need to move from hoping to expecting. That's where you put the corresponding actions to it. Hope to expect. We see that in 2 Kings uh, chapter 4 with Elijah and the widow and the oil pots, just a Cliff Notes version. He said you have to do some work to it. Go out and gather up all the pots you can get. Right? They had to do some work. However big their faith was, however many pots they gathered, is how much of a return they got. Amen. And the oil stopped when all the pots were filled. And it wasn't just for the widow's edification, because it said it was enough to support her and her sons. Amen. Jars never be empty. Cup overflows more than we need. What about the uh, paraplegic? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do a poem I do with uh, Captain Rex, because I just, I just like this poem. And uh, it tells a story great. And, and so and uh, the paraplegic and uh, I'll tell you the story as in a poem. If I, if I go into Captain Rex voice, I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> it says straight to his home away from home, our dear Lord Jesus once did Rome and people came from miles around to see him in that Capernaum town. We think that Jesus went to stay in Peter's house upon the day when Jesus chose to help someone who couldn't jump, who couldn't run. You see, there was a man, a man upon a bed who couldn't move. He looked half dead. And to the house, this man was brought by four good friends who were distraught. They worried that their friend might die. So to the house, the men drew nigh in hopes that Jesus Christ could mend the sickly body of their friend. But the house was crowded. It was crowded as could be. And those outside, they could, they could hardly see. Well, they pushed and they shoved and they strained all day just to hear what Jesus had to say. But no matter how very hard they tried, the men, they could not get inside. The house was full. There was no way for them to get inside that day. So they devised a brilliant plan, and up to the roof they brought the man, and through the roof of sticks and clay they dug a hole without delay. The four men cried, Hey, look out below! And people scattered to and fro, and through the roof of sticks and... uh, And then the... Then the four tied ropes around the bed and they lowered it straight down. And as their sick friend reached the floor, the Lord Jesus, he, he looked up at the four. He saw the faith that they possessed and he knew their friend was sorely pressed. The Lord Jesus faced the man and spoke. He said, son. Listen, it's no joke. Your sins are all forgiven now. But some who heard them thought, oh, wow. (laughs) Who can forgive but God alone? He has blasphemed, it's clearly shown. Why? Why does this fellow talk like this? We're sure that something's amiss. But Jesus knew each secret thought. And so our Lord and Master taught a lesson to each person who forbade the things that he might do. He said, why? Why do you think this way? You think it's easier just to say your sins erased because it's just talk? Or get up, take your bed, and walk? We all know talk is cheap, you say, so I will prove it to you this day. The Son of Man has got the right to grant forgiveness day and night. Get up, take your bed, and walk. And what he said was not just talk. The man, the man who couldn't move before, he got up and he walked right out the door. Then in full view of those around, he picked up his bed up, off of the ground and all who saw it were amazed as each one to the Lord gave praise. You see, they, they went from hoping to expecting. They put some action to it, some corresponding actions. But a lot of us are stuck in hope. You know, if you, if you tell a child if you're good or you, you, you'll get a present or if you eat all your veggies, I'll give you a dollar. They eat all that veggies. Are they hoping they get a dollar? No. They're expecting that dollar. They are expecting it. You know, if you're good, you, you expect. If you aren't good, you hope and have mercy. <laughs> Malachi 310. Bring your tithes into the storehouse and I will say will, will. pour out from uh, the windows of heaven. You won't even have enough room to contain it. You will have more than you need and all nations will call you blessed. That's what he says? Are we hoping for it, or are we expecting it? Hope, wishing for something to happen. Expectation is the knowledge that it will happen, that it is coming, because we put our faith into action. I hope to have a child. I hope to have a child. I hope to have a child. you got to put some corresponding actions with it. But once you put that corresponding action with it, and that seed is planted. You don't see it at first, but you're taking the word of a doctor that you are now expecting and pregnant. God has placed a seed inside of each and every one of you, not that you have put the actions to it. This is, this is a church of faith. I know it is. And I know that you are seated. I know that you're putting your actions with it. And so there is that, that vision, that, that thing that's placed inside of you. And you may not see it now, but you got to take the word. Amen. Amen. So when you're hoping for a child, what are you doing to prep for it? Nothing. Once you are expecting it, what are you doing? You're getting ready. You're painting a nursery, you're buying a crib, you're having a baby shower, right? I mean, you're buying a car seat, you're not waiting until nine months, and you're heading to the hospital, and you give birth to the child, and oh, I guess I need to run to Walmart and get a car seat. No! You're expecting, that means you're getting ready for it. Are you getting ready? God has a vision. God has placed a vision, placed a great and powerful seed inside of you. You need to start stop, stop hoping for it because it's already there. Begin expecting and get ready for it. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You got to get ready for it. Hope, no preparation. Expect preparation. When I was, um, four years ago, I was not in ministry. Well, five years ago, I was in ministry. We started the ministry four years ago. And uh, I I used to be in ministry, used ministry a long time. And then I got out of ministry. And um, I went and acted and was in movies. And uh, I mean, it was great. It was being a light in a dark world. But I, I knew God had me, called me for something greater. There was something that was planted inside of me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. Ever since I was a little child, I, I believed I was going to be a world changer. That's why our, our vision is changing the world one life at a time. I, I, just, I just knew, you know, it was placed inside of me. And, and I couldn't do it at that time. Because if God just told me to up and go, we couldn't. Because we were in debt. We had a house payment. They had car payments, you know? You just can't up and go, you know, when you got debt. it's Debt is so, man, limiting. I've been in debt, you know, my whole life. So I knew I was called for ministry, and I was going to be going to ministry. What did I do to start? This came to me. It just came to me this afternoon when I was thinking. We started getting, expecting it, getting ready for it. We started getting debt free. Yeah. Yeah. We sold our house. I'm going to the ministry. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the road. I already knew we already knew we're travelers, man. I, I don't like being in one place long. I'm like Paul, man. Two years at the one place, that's it, man. I gotta go. You know <laughs> I, I mean I try I tried the home and the business and, and we had a successful business and we I mean if you looked on the outside, everything would be great. I mean, we had youth center. I mean, it was, I mean, it looked great. I mean, I drove a Hummer, man. That was cool. But I was in debt, and I wasn't fulfilling the call that God had in my life. Amen. And we started getting ourselves out of debt. And it was not easy at all. Some of you that's heard our story. I mean, we went from five-bedroom, three-bath, two-story house on the golf course, pool in the back, to a garage. And it was, wasn't even the nice garage. I mean, it was a garage garage. Then we, we upgraded to a 450 square foot farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> My rig is bigger than that. <laughs> but I knew I had to do what I need. Expectation, put actions, get myself out of debt. Me and her, we went back to working. We worked nonstop. We took second jobs. We was working on the weekends. We would drive three hours out to Plantersville and sell jewelry. I mean, we were doing everything we could do to get out of debt. And it was funny because right as we were getting out of debt is when the birth of Captain Rex came. It wasn't birthed until I was ready. It wasn't birthed until I was ready. Because I would never be able to do what I do if I was in debt. There's no way I could do what I'm doing having a job, job, you know, security, whatever. No way. I couldn't do it. Hope no preparation. Expect preparation. You're carrying something. You're carrying something and you've got to prepare for its arrival. I learned this young in the ministry. What happened is, man, when I started out in the ministry in 2000, I would never heard of faith or any of this stuff. And um, my dad introduced me to uh, chariots of light. And there's a motorcycle rally at a Dallas, Texas Motor Speedway or something. And I heard this guy preaching called Jerry Savell. Wow, he was pretty good. <laughs> and I don't remember what he preached, but I know it was faith and it was seeding. And that's why I lived my life. I started living it and it was working. Then some way during the way, I got away from that. And things got a mess and then i found myself back to it and things started cleaning up a little bit but when i was when we first started out god had placed inside of me a youth center that to build a youth center for all the teenagers of coppers cove i mean it was inside of me and i knew for this youth center i needed chairs and i was believing a youth center to hold 200 teenagers and um, i needed chairs so i didn't have money for chairs I didn't have money for really anything. And we went to a conference at uh, Discovery Camp, Tommy Birchfield, and he was doing a campaign to raise chairs. And I was like, man, I know, I know, I need, we need 200, and I could barely afford to, to buy two of the chairs. He was getting nice chairs. I was like, well, hey, 100-fold return. Two, 200. So I seated. Yeah. Yeah. I seated. Come on now. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. I seated and we, we purchased two chairs in faith. And uh, then I got excited. Man, young Christian, funny. Sometimes we just need to take ourselves back to the yes. beginning. Yes. I got excited. Man, we're getting, we're getting a youth center. We're getting a youth center and chairs, and this is great. And all I had is about $100, $150 extra a month. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, oh, I came up with this great idea. Um, we're going to, I'll go rent a storage unit. Here's, here's the thing. I don't remember this. I've told this story later. And I said, I don't know where I came up with this idea. And my mom said, you heard Jerry talk about it with the hangar and his airplane. That's why I love stories. We, I didn't remember that story. But something he had said gets gotten to hear. And I remembered that, but I didn't remember it, but it was in here. And, and I, and so I went and I was like, we can rent a storage unit. So I went down and I, and uh, I went and found the biggest storage unit that they rented. And uh, this guy's like, man, this is a big storage unit you're renting as he was giving me the keys and stuff. And um, he goes, well, what's it for? Are you going to put a car in here? I said, no, 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 no. It's for all the stuff that I'm going to be getting for our youth center. And he said, well, when are you going to start bringing it in? I said, oh, I don't know. He goes, what do you mean you don't know? What kind of stuff do you have? Oh, right now? I don't have anything right now. I said, but I'm going to have 200 chairs pretty soon. I know that one, you know. I'm going to have 200 chairs, and then I'm going to need video games. And he said, you're renting a storage unit for stuff that you don't even have? Yeah. I said, it's for our youth center. And uh, I man, I'm like 23 years old. I said, for a youth center. He goes, where's your youth center at? Oh, I don't know. You're written as storage unit for stuff you don't even have. For a youth center, you don't even have. I said, uh-huh, isn't it cool? <laughs> I was excited, man. I was excited. I'm telling everybody. How many of y'all see it on Facebook. We're expecting, it's a boy, it's a girl. When you are expecting something, don't you get excited? And you tell every. I was telling everyone, man, I'm getting a youth center. Within one month, within one month, that storage unit was completely full. Some guy heard about it. it, a church a church in Killeen heard about it, a big church, Grace Christian Center, Pastor Terry Whitley. They heard about it, and they were getting rid of all their old chairs, and you know how many it was? 200. Another place called me and says, we have all this carpet, it's great carpet, but we wanted to go with a different look, we would come pick it up. I said, I'll come pick it up. I went and picked that up. McDonald's was redoing all of their cafes. I got all their booths. I got all their tables. I got, I had video games. People calling me, giving me video games. I had sound equipment. I had lights. I had basketball cages. I had, I had everything for a youth center, but I didn't have a youth center. <laughs> but I knew that that was coming and I never worried. worry. And I almost, almost tried to, Deliver that baby prematurely. Because I met a guy, uh, Steve Moore. You know, Steve Moore. And he was in the metal building business. And he was going to hook me up at a good deal of metal building. And so I would have to go get a loan for that. But good thing I didn't. (laughs) Because I didn't. And I think that storage unit sat there full two, two and a half, maybe three years. But never gave up on it. I, I told everybody about that youth center where is it? I don't, I don't know yet. And all of a sudden, bam, it gave birth. And as soon as we had that youth center, 9,000 square feet of prime property in downtown Copper I had three storefronts. We had a 200-seat auditorium, a youth center, basketball cages, I mean, a cafe, pool tables, everything. And it was completely stopped. So you got to make, get ready for it. What are you doing in preparation for its arrival? In Philippians 1, 20, Paul lives in eager expectation because he prays and asks the Holy Spirit to help him. Psalms 5, 3, each morning, I bring my request to you and wait expectantly, expectantly. But here's what I see. As you're developing that child inside of you, your body goes through some changes. Right. It starts to, oh, I don't like this. And something may feel weird. And then you start to worry. How many miscarriages are caused by worry? Wow. Come on now. Right. Many times... We've done everything we're plant the seed, have faith, maybe even painted the nursery, bought the crib, and then something happens and we begin worrying and we miscarriage that vision, that promise inside of us. I see more than that. Is we make it through the whole nine months, and as you're giving birth, ladies, giving birth hurts, right? I was there when my wife gave birth, and she was in excruciating pain. (laughs) Make it! Right? Yeah, i it. Right? <laughs> Give me drugs! <laughs> but as you are giving birth to that promise, many times, and this is what I see, I've traveled the world and I see this, many times you abort that promise right before it's given birth because the pain's too bad. You abort that promise. You abort that vision. You abort that beautiful child that God has inside of you. Metaphorically speaking, you know know what I'm saying? You abort it right before it gives birth. It's right there because the pain is too great. And after you've aborted one, it makes it a lot easier the next time to... Abort again, Come on now. and again, That's right. and again. That's why everything all, all goes together. And having done all there is to do, stand. How many times does Doctor Savell say, "If you, if I don't give up, the way will show up." Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. You see, there is going to be pain. There's going to be different things that happen. Changes that you may not like. I gained 50 pounds, right? I can't find clothes that fit. You're going to have moods, have different cravings. But that's all part of it. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Because as soon as that child is given birth, you forget about all that pain. You forget about all that hurt. You forget about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I also often question many times things. And, and we were here at the minister's conference. And um, Keith Moore was telling a story. And when he told this story, it is as though God spoke to me because this is what happened to me. So I'm going to tell you because so, this may be some of you. We had another set of buildings that weren't with the ministry, but um, that was with a business, and the business was going under. That's when I told you I'd gotten off, yeah, and it was going under. But I still had faith. I believed in faith, and uh, they were foreclosing on some of our on one of our businesses, and I had faith that we were going to sell that thing. We're going to sell it. We're going to sell it. We're going to sell it, and that way we don't have to worry about it. We're going to sell it. We're going to sell it. I had faith. I had faith. We get the foreclosure letter. We're going to auction it off on the footsteps of the courthouse tomorrow. I mean, I had great. That, that last day, that day before, I mean, I was like, yeah, I'm selling it today. God's got this. I'm selling it today. God's got this. I'm sell- Dinner's at 6. Dinner's at 6. I got, God's got this, right? I'm checking my phone all day long, waiting for that email. Checking my phone. Checking my phone. 11 o'clock. I think I had more faith at 11 o'clock. Oh, it's coming. I was excited. I was excited, Boone. I'm like, babe, we're going to, I stayed up, man, and we're going to, we're selling this thing. You know, it's only nine o'clock in California. Hey, we're selling this thing. 1159. Here it comes. Here it comes. Midnight. No call. Midnight 01. 1201. (laughs) No call. Huh. The next day, I I go up to the courthouse steps to watch them auction it off. And for some reason, they delayed it. It wasn't auctioned off. But I had already lost my faith. Keith Moore, because he was telling a story about a car he was waiting for, he said, God. And this is when God talked to me. This was me. He said, God, what happened? Didn't I have great faith? Oh, yes, you had great faith. You had fantastic faith. Then what happened? Why didn't I sell my buildings? You had great faith until 1201. Uh oh, come on now. Yeah. Richard Robertson said he wants to do a book, Faith Starts at 1201. God probably already had it lined up that they weren't going to get sold on those court hot steps. And with my great faith, they would eventually have been sold. But I already gave up. And they were foreclosed on. But we're in a time where it's a harvest. We're in a time, I'm going to close with this, where it's a harvest. Let me see that one more time. I I had to pull it up. I went to the website, uh, jsmi.org, and um, I pulled it up. You probably all know it by heart and, and, and uh, memory and, um, about how, um, the faithful shall flourish and it shall be days of heaven yeah. on earth. This is a year. The harvest is here. And as you decree these things daily, look what he says, expect them to come to pass in your life. And remember, Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Yeah. We are in the harvest time. It's like a school of fish. I love fishing. It's like a school of fish, right? And you see, I mean, my dad takes people out fishing and on uh, Lake Belton. Man, when they're schooling, it's like the water's bubbling. I, I mean, the water is just bubbling. You just throw your lure out there and you catch fish. You can catch 50 fish in a period of 15 minutes. It is amazing. And that harvest is there. The harvest is there. It is coming. But a lot of you are on the bank saying, look at that fish. Look at that school of fish. Uh Some of you are in the boat. And you're out there and you're in the middle of the boat. Look at all that school of fish. Where's my rod and reel? Uh Uh Are you expecting? If you're expecting to catch fish, don't you think you ought to have a rod and reel in the boat with you? Some of you, you got an open face lure. My my dad took me fishing. He said, I got these open, it's like a, not an open face, a bait caster. And you throw that thing out, and if you ever use a bait caster, it's like a backlash. It looks like a a, a spaghetti bowl. I mean, your line just gets all tangled up. I mean, and it's horrible. And I, I did this. My dad's out there fishing, and they get tangled up, and I'm trying to untangle it the whole time. And those fish started running, schooling. And I'm trying to untangle it. And my dad caught like 10 fish, and I didn't catch any because I'm trying to untangle it. That's why you need a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Quit trying to untangle it. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. Take that knife, cut that junk out, throw it away, tie a new one, and catch some fish. Use the word. Or you can be like my dad. Now, any of you has ever been fishing with my dad? I go fishing and there's two of us. Guess what he already has in the boat? Six rod and reels already have lures on them. If one messes up, he throws it down and he catches another. My dad gets to the point, he's catching one fish, he brings it in. He don't even take the fish off of the lure. He takes another rod and reel and throws it out there and catches it. My dad, I've seen him do it. He'll have six fish on rotten reels in the boat. Cause he when they're when they're biting, when that harvest is coming, you don't have time to be sitting there with your backlash. You don't have time to be looking out on the bank. You don't have time to be looking up, let me get my net. I need a. no, you get to rotten reels out there. But you gotta be ready for it. You gotta be expecting. You gotta have the coolers in the back of the pickup truck. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Make some preparation for it. It is like the fish. Be prepared. Start moving. Someone said that your headlights on your car, they don't reach all the way to home. It's dark outside. You go get in your car. You turn your car on your headlights. You can't see your house from your headlights. I can't see my house. I, I don't know if I can make it. You start moving. Those headlights go ahead of you until you see all your way into that driveway. Some of you just need to start moving. Oh, start moving. You may not see it. You may can't see your house, but you start moving. Those lights are going to go ahead of you until you can see all the way to your house safely. Amen. Just start moving. Amen. Just keep swimming. Sorry, that's Captain Rex. <laughs> start moving. Don't give up. Do what you know, that you know to do. And the goodness of God. I, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to close with this y'all have heard the stories of me laying hands on our bus uh, god miraculously touching our bus last year while i was telling y'all that story and thank you jesus i passed that test you know i didn't let it bother me you know every everything that comes against you paul said i count of great joy i'm like what i'm supposed to be happy that my bus is broke down on the side of the road what you know i'm like no <laughs> But he said he did it. Why? Because he knew that that was a test. If I pass this test, I get to go to the next level. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I passed that test with that bus. And now I got a nice rig that I don't have to lay hands on. Amen? Come But that doesn't mean that you're just on cruise control. Yeah. So I got this new old uh, box truck to be able to pull the ship. And we prayed. My dad prayed. We gathered up. And before we left on our trip, and believing for a safe mechanical order, da-da-da-da, I took it to the mechanic. He did everything he needed to do. I got the air conditioner fixed, blah-blah-blah-blah. The air conditioner broke shortly after that. And um, and we'd pull out of my dad's house. We'd make it, what, five miles? Four miles. Thank you. Uh, May go back there. was driving. We'd make it four miles. I'm up in the front, relaxing on the couch and the new rig, because I got drivers now. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And... Uh, I'm relaxing, and then I get a call, and uh, yeah, the box truck's broken down. Wait, what? I look in the rearview mirror, and there is nothing, because we had a big convoy, and all the convoy's gone. I'm like, oh, okay. So I told Gary, pull over, and I said, one of you in the good vehicles, come pick me up and bring me back. Come pick me up, bring it back. Service engine, I don't know, all this stuff that's wrong with it. I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm over there, I'm looking at it, so I lay my hands on it, and I start praying for it. My son sees what I'm doing, so he puts his hand on it and prayed for it because he's seen it work. I said, okay, got this. I get in, start it up, and I try to take off. The thing goes 10 miles an hour. It just won't go. It, it won't go. I got it up to 30 going down a hill. <laughs> I drive it a couple more miles further, and it, it, something's drastically wrong with it. I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. I'm an actor, you know. <laughs> Something is drastically wrong with it. I pull into, there was a little parking lot in the next little town, Pidcoke, And um, I pull into that. And uh, if you remember the story of how I sold my downtown buildings, does anybody remember what I did? I called my wife. <laughs> I said, babe, do you have any ideas? And she told me, hey, call Jack, you know. I was obedient. So what did I do? I called my wife. Hey, babe. And I was praying the whole time, God, give me wisdom. I didn't let it bother me. I said, just give me wisdom. The crew was there. I was cool, wasn't I? And I was like, just, God, give me wisdom. What do I do? Do I just unload the box truck and uh, put it in the rigs and let her bring the ship on uh, the Yukon? What do I do? I mean, it's not the end of the world. not devastating. It's just kind of frustrating. So what did I do? And that's when the Holy Spirit was like, call your wife. And I'm like, okay. I called my wife. I told her. She was getting her nails did. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, we're broke down. You know, you know what she said? She said, lay hands on it. You know what I said? I did. <laughs> she goes, Well, lay hands on it again. Come on now. Okay. She goes, and then take off the ship, disconnect it, and you drive it. I said, I already drove it. I drove it the last. Three or four miles and it ain't going. She goes, You drive it so you know. She goes, Lay hands on it, take the ship off, and you drive it. You ask. I said, Yes, ma'am. I hung up the phone. Guys, disconnect the ship. And then they're all standing there. They've heard my story about me laying hands on the bus. They've never seen it. That was before these crew, right? What did I say? My wife, Ladonna, says, lay hands on it. They laid hands on it. Tacoa, he's back there, like, he's looking around. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Koah's a great kid, but hasn't really been brought up in faith. And he's looking around. I said, We're praying. God's going to heal this bus. I said, Or box truck, we call it the box truck. I said, God, your truck's broke. (laughs) You need to fix your truck. We're doing this for you. This is your truck. It ain't mine. It's broke. You need to fix it. <laughs> I said, "All right. I'm going to drive it down the road." They're like, "Okay. I get in." No exaggeration. Talk to Maestro about it. I put it in drive and I punch it and I about burned rubber out of that. <laughs> Their eyes were like this. Mako was right with me. He gets a big smile. He turns to me. He said, God fixed our truck. (laughs) I said, yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Expect, expect. You do your part. Be obedient. Be led by the Spirit. And let God do his part. But you got to get ready. You got to get ready. Let's go from hoping to expecting. We know dinner's at six or nine. Let's get our snack at four. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just come to you now, Lord. I just thank you. I thank you that your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that there was some understanding tonight that there was some hard soil that was broken up and that there is good soil being taken root tonight as we speak. That there was that understanding brought forth that they are not going to give up. The rocks have been removed. They are taking deep roots. They are no longer going to abort that promise that you have given them, even though it gets tough, even though the persecutions come, even though the problems come, And, Father, that the thorns are being out. No more worry. No more worry. No more worry. We cast all our cares on you, for you cares for us. I thank you that your promises are yes and amen, and that you do what you say you will do, and all of our needs are met and more, for you give us the desires of our heart. Father, I... I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, you died on that cross so that we can have life. That it doesn't matter about the past. It doesn't matter who we were. It doesn't matter what we've done. But that you wash us clean and you make us new. That as we just call upon your name, confess you as Lord That you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that, Lord, if there's anybody out there tonight that says, Jesus, I need you. My God shall supply. We're talking about you, God. You, Jesus. And you say, he's not my God. If that's you, just, just right now, to yourself and God, say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe you died on that cross for me. And I believe you rose from that grave. I right now confess, you are my Lord. Be Lord of my life. I put you first. I seek you first. And now I know. And now I expect that all these things shall be added unto me. In your name we pray. Amen. If you said that prayer and asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, there will be a staff member up here or come find Pastor Justin and they want to talk with you and pray with you even more and start to teach you so you can experience all that God has for you. That now that you know dinner's at six or nine, but he wants to give you that snack at four. And he has placed a promise. He has placed a vision. He has placed something beautiful inside of each and every one of you. I believe it. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are good plans. Plans to give you a hope in the future. That's the hope. And now that we put corresponding actions with that hope, you can live out those good plans. You can fulfill that plans of a hope and the future. And you don't have to hope anymore, but you can begin to expect. And get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Amen? Amen. I'm Captain Rex, and I approve this message. (laughs)